This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI senior writer, Al Castle, uh, back once again with my co-host, Brian Solomon. How are you? I'm okay, Al, getting ready for WrestleMania as we speak. Yes, it is that time of the year, and uh, for a very special time, we have a very special guest uh, back on the show, a fellow senior writer, Harry Burkett. How are you, Harry? I love to be part of the editor's roundtable, so to speak. <laughs> yes, you are the senior senior writer at Pro Wrestling. Don't remind Illustrator. me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, we are going to be talking all things uh, WrestleMania. It is uh, this weekend. Uh, we're going to be going over both nights' card, talk some Hall of Fame predictions. Uh, it's a fun time to be a wrestling fan. As as much as as uh, I sometimes get on WWE, get on their case, uh, and that's sort of what we do. Uh, you know, I, I get downright giddy this time of year. It's fun. I'm going there. I'm, I'm heading out on, on Friday uh, with the whole uh, family and we're going to take in both nights. We're going to take in uh, hopefully the Hall of Fame, even NXT, all that stuff. So it's going to be a blast. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so real quick, let's let's uh, get plugs out of the way. The June issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated is available now on the cover is uh, one of the featured attractions on this year's WrestleMania, Becky Lynch back on uh, the WrestleMania card, and uh, we've got a hot seat interview uh, with her. Kristen uh, uh, conducted an interview with her where uh, she goes really in depth on, on some stuff she hasn't talked about. Uh, very candid on her thoughts on some of her uh, biggest rivals. Uh, so it's not something that you want to miss. Also, in here, uh, my feature on Ricky Starks. Uh, kind of, uh, I had a fun chat with him that I hope to include here. Kind of uh, talk about him as the FTW champion and drawing some parallels between him and uh, Taz from 1998. And some are not that apparent, but um, it was a fun. He he he, uh, he clearly has a, a chip on his shoulder like a Taz used to uh, many years ago and uh, a, a fun chat and, and a guy who um, I, I think he's clear and not being all that satisfied with where he is in the AW right now and uh, made that clear. Uh, also in here, we've got features on uh, Nikki A.S.H., on uh, new N.W.A. champion Matt Cardona, uh, and uh, a lot, lot more. Uh, as we talked about, you know, after we get all the the, the 500s and 150s and the achievement awards out of the way, uh, we get to have some fun with uh, some of these features. And this is a really fun one. Uh, you can pick it up at PWI-online.com. Uh, Harry, since you're not on here that much, uh, you want to talk about what you uh, got in this magazine? Uh, well, uh, my column is on my uh, 25th anniversary uh, with the magazine. PWI. Oh, yeah. really? I didn't even know that. Oh, happy anniversary! That's a big number. Wow. So, I, I really take too long in my column to explain my first baby steps, which was uh, I had applied to uh, be a freelancer for another magazine that they had called Remember, which was a nostalgia kind of magazine, something Brian yes. would love. Yes, I remember I that Peters, magazine. <laughs> I think Craig Peters interviewed Audrey Meadows or something. You know, it was a big oh, man. Um, and they advertised for freelancers, and I just sent my resume in. Even though I was a huge wrestling fan and had collected all the wrestling magazines as a kid, I just didn't know if there was any openings on the wrestling side. And Stu called me and asked me, well, Harry, uh, 
I see you're applying for Remember, but would you like to write wrestling stories? Uh, he said, there's one catch. You have to have a modem. This was 1996, <laughs> November 96. And I said, well, gee, a modem. Well, I worked with one at work. It wasn't common to have those at home. I said, well, $60, $80. That might have to t- take me a couple months to pull that together. You know, today, I would just take a credit card or go to a payday loan place. And uh, we didn't figure out figure that out until January. And uh, by February, I'd already visited the office and uh, off to the race. Wow. So so you were emailing content even back then? Is that how? I, it didn't even occur to me back then how contributors got stuff over to the magazine. Well, it was an email. And no. I think I had an AOL address, that, but nobody else I knew had an email address back then. No, there was a computer with a dedicated line. Oh. And you had a certain uh, phone number you would dial up on your modem, and it would go straight to this one computer at the Capo building, and they would go to the computer routinely and pull the stories on. That's so great. Wow. Wow. Gosh, 25 years. That's fantastic, yeah. uh, Harry. Yeah. Happy uh, anniversary. Also, Could you have imagined that, that, you, that you would be doing this 25 years later? Grudgingly, yes, because I'm that big of a wrestling fan, that much into the magazines. Yes, I'll even recount a story about the. It was a long drive from Maryland to Ambler, about a three hour drive. So we had a headline meeting. I said, "Well, you know, where's your restroom?" And I go to the restroom, <laughs> and Bill After comes in. You know, it's the dean of wrestling. Girl, wow. He said, uh, "Harry, could you do me a favor?" I said, "Well, what's that?" He said, "Could you grab my head and push it into the hair dryer?" <laughs> and dry said, what just go ahead and do it don't worry and i'd like just lightly touched the back of his head he totally threw his body full contact <laughs> slapped his hands on the hand dryer and basically tell me that's what wrestling is <laughs> so like perfect that would have been some people's last day. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And was he the office champion at that time, or was he in between oh, yeah, title yeah. rings? Championship office wrestling. That right. was still really big. Yeah, yeah. 25 years has got to put you right at the top, right? I mean, uh, uninterrupted. I mean, Stu had 40, close to 40, or maybe even over 40. Well, um, Bill would have been. I but Bill had an it. interruption in there, right? So... Uh, did Bill make 25? He probably did, yeah. Well, he left he in 99. He, he left maybe in 99. Right, 99. So that's a, not even 29 20, years. Or yeah. not a third, 29 years. Right, right. Yes. Math is not my strong suit. Yes. Yeah. So you might be right right below Stu and, th- and, and Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Stu's beat us by a lot, but I think yeah. third. Just yeah. barely eked out Dan. Wow. Dan that's started great. six months after me. Right. And I, re- I remember Dave Lanker saying to me, because that the first year I worked at the office before, you know, we had so much, so many stories that had to be written. I ended up going back home and just writing from home. But they said, this guy, he's really persistent. You know, I don't know if he's any good, but maybe we'll probably give him a chance. And I remember hearing about this Dan Murphy. And then when you started writing for them, they really liked him. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and they're, really isn't the opportunity to to do this again because nobody you know other than kevin now works out of the office so you're you're really sort of the last of that that generation that it's, uh, it's, worked in the offices strange. and still writing for pwr well in 97 i would liken it to like the scene from taxi 
where they're all sort of in, in the garage. <laughs> yeah. And you had about eight or nine people there between the wrestling and the boxing. And then when I worked there again, about eight or nine years later, it had dwindled. Yeah. It was uh, Nigel and Joe on the boxing side and me, Stu and Lisa on the wrestling side. So that was like a little bit of a shock to me. Then yeah. we still got down to just one person. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, when I, the first time I visited, I think you were working there. Um, and this is now 15 years ago, almost. Yeah. Wow. What is time? And that was during the time, like mid nineties, late nineties, when I was sending clips in there, when I was in college and I was trying, I was sending stuff to bill. I think it was, it was either bill or Stu, maybe both just frantically. And, and in my head, I'm picturing exactly what you're describing that it's like, everybody's there and they all work in the office. And I'm like, I want to be a part of that. And I'm like, you know, 21 years old or whatever. I'm like, I want to go there and be a part of that. You know, it's kind of sad in a way that that is gone. You know, it's just the nature of the business now. Yeah. Yeah, Well, across the board in all of publishing. Right. Right. And everything. Yeah. 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 But I mean, there's still a building there and Kevin's still punching a clock every day uh, (laughs) there. And, and uh, we, I, I, it's probably premature to say anything here, but, but there's some changes on the way too that, that um, I understand will be positive for PWI. So uh, yeah, don't count us out that, yeah, we're actually doing uh, really, really well. So anyway, happy uh, anniversary for sure. Uh, oh, Harry. thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, well, you can read about uh, uh, Harry looking back on 25 years at PWI in the latest uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It is the June issue. You can pick it up at pwi-online.com. Subscribe. It's the way to go. You could save a half off of the cover price. And the longer you subscribe, the deeper the savings. Uh, again, pwi-online.com. Uh, uh, let's talk some uh, WrestleMania. Uh, it's it's the most fun time of the year to be a, a wrestling fan. And uh, the cool thing, I think, is that, and I always say this, WWE, again, for all their faults, uh, typically kind of brings their A game for WrestleMania, um, even in terms of creative. I mean, it's not just the show itself, but the buildup to TV uh, leading up to WrestleMania uh, is usually about as as good to get as it gets for this calendar year. I got to be a ringside uh, at SmackDown uh, last week in the Barclays Center, uh, and it was just a blast. I mean, it's, it's so much fun. And I don't know if some of it is biased, you know, being there, but uh, I, I just enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought the builds uh, are, are really strong, especially for uh, the big matches. Uh, so let's talk about them. We'll, we'll break them uh, down into uh, each night starting uh, with night one, we'll hit on on some key matches, and then maybe uh, more quickly go uh, into the the undercard. Uh, the the main event, I guess it's it's all but official, but but it's going to be Steve Austin and, and Kevin Owens. I mean, they're they're closing out night one of WrestleMania. It sounds like with the KO show, not exactly a wrestling match, but but everybody seems to be making clear that for all intents and purposes, it's it's going to be a wrestling match. What I don't know is how does this end? You know, I mean, is it? I mean, we know it ends with. You know, Steve Austin dumping beer on Kevin Owens, but I mean, is there a pinfall? I, I don't know. Um, but um, Harry, w- what do you think about closing the show uh, with, again, something that's not even exactly a match and um, with Steve Austin? You know, on, on one hand, clearly, you know, it's the way to go. <laughs> one of the biggest stars in the history of the business. But on the other hand, as, as Brian and I have talked about, um, you know, there's, there's now a couple of generation of fans that have never seen Steve Austin uh, wrestle. And, and in some ways, he doesn't have 
that sort of brand identity with um, uh, a new generation of fans that even The Rock or John Cena has. So to me, there there still is a little bit of a question mark about how um, he's received by the live crowd. Yeah, it's amazing to me, you know, this far removed from his retirement. I, I always expected him to come back in some form. You know, you're a wrestling fan. You're always hoping the miracle will take place. He'll get back in the gym and he'll be ready to go again. But this might be the closest that we get. At first, I thought this was the most contrived angle I'd ever seen for a WrestleMania. Down to Owens, you know, putting on the the bald cap and then impersonating Stone Cold. I, I kind of thought that was kind of lame. But you know, as we get closer, it is Steve Austin, and I'm very excited to see him. I, I guess you'll take Steve Austin, or at least I will, in any form I can get him. He, he was pure excitement. I think that that kind of spontaneous excitement is really missing. And I hope they do something with him afterward. I hope this is leading to something. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that. I mean, is this, I, I imagine a part of that um, will depend on how this goes. Right. And uh, if, if he looks good and he feels good and the crowd goes nuts. Um, yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, you know, again, I, I I think there's a lot of money in the Steve Austin Roman Reigns match, um, and I could see them absolutely doing it uh, sometime later this year. Um, Brian, uh, are are you uh, excited uh, about this? I think Harry makes a fair point that I don't know that the the storyline build has been that great, but it, it also feels like it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, people aren't even really. It's not even about the storyline. It's 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 about seeing Steve Austin again. Well, two things. I I wasn't a hundred percent sold on it until Austin cut that promo where he's out in the desert. And I just started getting chills again. Like I did this, too, yeah. This is like waking the sleeping giant. Like, this is very cool the way they're doing this. And I even, this is one of those things, like you talk about lapsed fans and casual fans, that clip of, you know, Kevin Owens, you know, making fun of Austin and then cutting to Austin in the desert. I sent that out to a couple of longtime friends of mine who stopped watching wrestling years ago, but who we used to watch raw together, you know, religiously. And I was like, you will appreciate this. Take a look at this. This is so cool. So, I mean, that sold me. And I just want I want to say this too. And this is my opinion. I know this is probably not shared by many, but, but I, I really have been thinking a lot about this. I like the idea of closing the night one in this way, because I'm not a big fan of this whole thing of how now that we have it as two nights, we've really watered down the idea of what the main event of WrestleMania is, you know, and, and this is, and I know it'll be taken this way. This is not a knock on Bianca Belair and, 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 uh, and her mat and her big victory last year. Um, I, you know, I, I thought that was amazing. It was the moment of the whole show, in my opinion, but WrestleMania has one main event. And the main event of WrestleMania is the last match of WrestleMania. Even if it's not the world title match, it is the last match of WrestleMania. And when you have this whole thing of like, well, I main evented WrestleMania, but it wasn't really on the same night and it wasn't the last match and it was a different night. So I like by doing this, it skirts around that issue where there will be one main event of WrestleMania. Truly, it'll be the last match on night two, which I'm presuming is Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. It has to be. And so I'm kind of hoping that they imitate this in years to come, not with Austin, but with something similar where night one will end with some type of spectacle of some kind that's not necessarily a match. 
I like that idea very much. That that's my own controversial take. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, WrestleMania is evolving. I mean, and they've made it clear that like, going forward, it is going to be two nights. And because of that, I think right. we have to get used to the idea of there being two main events: a night one main event and a night two main event. I mean, they've had some WrestleManias in the past where you know, in the old days, where they'd go, it's a double main event. You know, like the, the yeah. famous one was eight with with Flair and Savage and Hogan and Sid Justice. And as much as I preferred the, the Savage and Flair match, and I loved Ric Flair and Randy Savage, in my heart, you know, we knew what the real main event was. The main event was Hulk Hogan and Sid. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's always that thing of, like, there really is only one main event. And, and so that it, it does stick in my craw a little bit, this whole thing of, like, now there's two main events just because there's two nights. But, it, but again, I mean, that's... That's just the way it's changing. But but so anyway, that's what I mean when I say I, I like what they're doing this year because it avoids that issue. <laughs> what, one thing about uh, this, I was going to call it a match. And again, it's not even really a, a match. But, but this segment is, uh, I, I think, and, and this is important, obviously, um, always in wrestling, crowd reaction. But I think it's especially uh, important here. I mean, when you envision what this is going to be when it comes to the ring, it's it's got to be the glass breaks and whatever it is, 68, 70,000 people lose their minds and explode and sort of stay at that fever pitch for a while while Steve Austin is putting a beating on Kevin Owens. And, um, you know, when he hits the stunner and, and whatever beats him or pins, whatever he does and, and uh, pours the beer all over him again, the, the crowd really needs to be sort of uh, going nuts. And what I worry about is that they won't be, you know, and, and, um, you know, th this just doesn't work if the, uh, the crowd, I mean, you know, they talk about in basketball, what do they call the crowd? The, I don't know how many players are on the team with the, the ninth man or whatever it is. Um, uh, but, but this, you know, the, the, the crowd, uh, uh, more than I think any other match or segment in WrestleMania, uh, needs to be there for this. And, um, part of me thinks they will be, I mean, it's Steve Austin. Uh, but on, on the other hand, it's. Uh, th this is also, I think, one of the, the upsides of two nights. Uh, I remember being at WrestleMania 20, no, what was it 35 uh, in, in um, MetLife uh, a few years back. This is when it was one night. I think it went something like seven hours uh, by the time the main event, which was the, the first women's main event, came to the ring. Ronda Rousey, Charlotte and, and Becky Lynch. This historic, big, big match that was built up really well. Everybody was dead, 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 and it it hurt the match a lot. Killed it. Um, yeah. yeah, and and uh, that's the upside. You know, I think it's seven matches each night. Hopefully, neither night goes, you know, more than four hours or so. And hopefully, uh, the the fans are relatively fresh um, for for this segment. Uh, but yeah, it's super excited. I mean, to me, this is the absolute highlight. Uh, of the the whole weekend i was there when when steve austin wrestled his last match in seattle 19 years ago and um you know one of the the everybody's obviously talking about steve austin he, he is uh, the focal point here but but um i think such a cool part of this story is kevin owens right i mean and uh kevin owens grew up a steve austin fan he was 18 years old when uh, Austin wrestled his retirement match against The Rock. Imagine you're an 18-year-old kid and like your favorite wrestler in the world, is Steve Austin, and you watch him, you know, wrestle his last match 19 years ago. You're just getting started in the business. You're 
um, uh, not imitating him, but but honoring him um, over over all these years. And, you know, there's the stories about how when he was coming up, he got to talk to Austin. Austin talked about it, I think, in the, the Dan Eisen show uh, last week that uh, uh, he came up to him once and asked him for advice. And, and Austin told him, you know, learn to use your mouth. And now at whatever Steve uh, uh, Owens is, I think he's 35, 37 years old. Steve Austin is coming out of retirement, essentially, to work with you in the main event of, of one of the main events of WrestleMania. That's as cool yeah. as it gets. Yeah. It'll be an uh, honor to eat that stunner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> have it any other way. Yeah. I also imagine that with someone like Austin, you know, who has a lot of stroke in that company and, and he's well-respected even by Vince, that what makes it even more uh, of an honor is I, I fully expect that they, he probably requested particularly to work with Kevin Owens. Like I'm imagining the, it was something like, well, we'd love for you to come back and do something. Who do you, who, who would you like to work with? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it was foisted on him. I could be wrong, but my, my gut tells me that he picked him to work with. Whether he, he did or he didn't, he was obviously up for it. And, and right. over the last uh, 20 years, uh, I'm sure there have been all kinds of offers that came his way and none of them were enough to, to take him off of his couch. Uh, and, and this did so, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, whatever the paycheck is helped. And, and also it's the circumstances of being in Dallas, Texas and, and, and all that. I mean, it, it really lines up perfectly. Uh, but really what an honor for Kevin Owens. This is, you know, a few months ago, we were talking about Kevin Owens was on that list of guys who may or may not be staying and, and, uh, his contract came up and certainly, you know, you could see AEW being interested in a guy like him. He, he fits perfectly there. He signed this, this extension, and um, it's fine. I mean, when he did, I, I always thought for, for all like the, the the bad raps that WWE gets about um, their treatment of some wrestlers, they've always basically done right by Kevin Owens. He's always been in that kind of upper mix. He came in, you know, working with John Cena and has had, you know, has had world title reigns and headlined against Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Um, but still, this is like, a, man, I mean, this is the one you put on your epitaph, I think. Uh, so uh, working our way uh, uh, down the card, and I think it's it's quite a drop off. Um, I, I I guess the next biggest match is a Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. There was some talk that this would be what would close the show. Um, and as far as a regular match, I think it's probably the the one that's gotten uh, the most build, and and because it's Ronda, uh, it is uh, a real focal point. But I got to say, I'm not super feeling this match. I, I think that that the real problem uh, here is. Um, the the likability factor or the lack of likability factor for both of these women. You know, I, I just think um, it, it's hurt the build that, I don't know, I, I, you know, Ron is cl- clearly the baby face, but, but I think she's been a little sort of underwhelming um, since uh, coming in in January. And so, um, and Charlotte, as great as she is, um, you know, you among some circles has the wrong kind of heat, right? Uh, again, uh, among fans. So uh, I, I just, I don't think that this is working like WWE um, hoped it would. What, what do you think, Harry? I agree. I mean, it's nothing like the buzz of the three-way main event yeah. a few years ago with Becky Lynch. And, you know, Charlotte's hated, you know, for two reasons. One, kind of for real by certain people and also, you know, her character. She's sort of like a wicked witch uh, kind of babe. But uh, Ronda Rousey, like you say, she's coming kind of flat. As in, she's not showing a real passion for the game, a passion to be there. And boy, can fans sniff that out. Yeah. So 
I don't know. If she sticks around WWE, I definitely see a heel turn for her. And who knows? We may get a bit of a surprise in this match because it seems on paper utterly predictable that Rousey's got to win. She's got to beat Charlotte, and it's going to happen. And that might explain some of the lack of interest, but we might have a last-minute switch. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'd take it as a given. I I think that um, Ron is the kind of wrestler who uh, probably doesn't agree to lose that easily. So her coming back in this big marquee match, yeah, I would assume um, that she'd win. But for, for booking reasons, I could certainly see her losing. I mean, it, it, it makes some sense. Um, are, are you feeling this match, Brian? No, (laughs) but but I also want to I'll agree with Harry, though, that I do also feel like there's no way that Ronda doesn't win the title here. In fact, I feel like that was probably a condition of her coming back, to be honest with you, like a a push like this and getting the belt at WrestleMania was the kind of thing to like be make her happy, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. For as much of a golden age, and I do really believe that we are in a golden age of women's wrestling, and we have been for the last eight years at least, um, things are feeling a little stale. And it's starting to feel like, you know, Becky, uh, Bianca Belair, notwithstanding, you know, she's an exception, but like, it's the same small group of women, and they're playing like Ring Around the Rosie, and it's starting to get that feeling. It's not as bad, but it's starting to remind me slightly of the days when it would be like, here's a Lundra Blaze versus this woman. And then it's a Lundra Blaze versus this one, you know, where it's this very predictable, small little circle of women. And I think it needs to be shaken up. You know, they've got they've got a lot of new talents in NXT now that people talk about. I think it may be time to start really mixing things up and elevating some people that are on the main roster because, you know, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, who I don't know what's going on with her right now, but, and then, and then, um, um, drawing a blank. It's a, it's a drop-off. Yeah. I mean, you've got Ronda Rousey, but right. Yeah. And I mean, it is, it's a drop-off and it's, it's starting to affect this whole situation with the women's division in WWE, right? Because it doesn't have the same luster that it had a couple of years ago. And it also has me thinking too, because of this Ronda Rousey thing, where I at least feel that she's definitely going to win, that makes me suspect that on the flip side of it, that Bianca, even though it seems like the smart thing to do is to have Bianca go over in the other match, that she's not, you know, to sort of balance things out a little bit. You have the heel go over. Becky wins that match somehow balanced by the feel good moment of Ronda Rousey. They may not go that route, but it makes me start to think that maybe Bianca is not going to win it back. And I think that is the bigger mistake of all of this, you know, of those two matches the for me the thing that most should happen is bianca belair getting that belt back so yeah i do think it's worth talking about both matches uh sort of together because they do kind of uh complement each other and i think that we got these two matches sort of tells the story of um some of the missteps that that wb has taken with its uh, women's division in the last couple of years because uh ronda was the biggest star uh a few years back and then she sort of coronated becky on her, her way out and Becky became this giant star. And then um, Bianca kind of on her, on her own became a real big star. Like you talked about really the, the, the highlight of WrestleMania last year. And so a year later, um, it's just uh, the, the way that pieces fit together are sort of surprising. Right. I mean, I think when you heard Rhonda coming back, 
people thought the match was Ronda and, and Becky. They went instead Ronda and Charlotte. The running back, Becky versus Bianca, which should feel like a bigger deal um, than, than it uh, does. Uh, and part of that, I think, is because of the way they sort of squandered uh, Bianca's push over the summer and having to do the quick job to Becky. Becky still feels miscast as a heel. I mean, she was like the most over baby face uh, in the company. Charlotte, again, I it, it's almost uh, the, the X-Pac heat at this point, right? That uh, and, and I think she's fantastic. I mean, I voted for her. For, yeah. for the, the the Observer Hall of Fame, I think she is a a generational uh, talent. But um, you know what? What's the thing that 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 Cody said? Uh, it's it's time to leave the territory. That kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and she's uh, and and what's crazy is she wasn't even on WrestleMania last year in in part because of this because there was a bit of like Charlotte overexposure, and um, she's only been back a year, and it almost feels like we're kind of back there. So um, I don't know. It just feels like yeah with some some better uh casting of characters through the year these matches uh, uh, should mean more uh, of the two which one do you like the the build for better uh, uh charlotte and ronda or uh, uh bianca and becky uh, harry i think uh bianca belair and becky I do only because i think i'm more interested in seeing their match mm-hmm. and it seems to me Bianca really does have to win this one because, like you say, they did squander her push a little bit over the summer. Um, and that would definitely be the feel-good moment or one of them at WrestleMania. You almost have to give uh, Bianca that. Um, and the way Becky's coming across, she's very much in a character. Unlike when she was facing Charlotte a few months ago, where it was personal, it's almost like she's trying to project, I am now playing a character. Promo yeah. from a couple of weeks ago. She was almost like, well, speaking of Wicked Witches, she was like a Wicked Witch from a fairy tale. You know, how you injured my voice box and, you know, I'm going to rip out your heart. That kind of stuff she's been saying in recent weeks. So it's almost like she's setting herself up as I'm going to lose. Yeah. Kind of like how Hogan used to go into ultra character right before he was going to lose to remind people, okay, folks, this isn't for real that I'm losing. <laughs> <laughs> smart yeah. man always a smart yes. man yes yeah um that said i mean bill decide everybody in in both these matches super talented right and um any combination of these women you could have some great matches and i i absolutely expect in the ring for uh, both these matches to deliver again i think um crowd reaction might be uh, a factor especially with ronda and charlotte uh, I think they'd be smart to open the show with with one of these matches, you know, uh, when when you've got the the crowd uh, really excited, uh, you know, that that curtain jerk uh, a spot. Uh, it, it's really changed. I mean, it's one of the most coveted spots, I think, because you you want 70,000 people excited, um, you know, I think to, to Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins a few years ago opened WrestleMania and, the, and, you know, Seth beat him in like a minute and the place went nuts. Uh, last year, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, people were really into it. So uh, there's no shame. And and uh, I expect one of these matches uh, will open um, WrestleMania. Are you guys predicting a title change in both matches? You're not, Brian. You said um, you- well, no, I'm no, yeah. I'm not. I'm thinking one, you know, I, I think that Ronda will win. And that, as I said, leaves me thinking that that Becky will retain. So. Yeah. Well, just the fact that WrestleMania outcomes are more predictable than other premium live events 
sure. I think sure. I'll go with title changes for both. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, I, I understand um, the, the logic that you're talking about, Brian, about like you sort of balance it. But if, if you look um, in, in recent years at WrestleMania, that goes out the window. They'll you put know, the faces over all night long. Yeah, no, you're right about that. There have been years where I'm going like, oh, my God, like they really are trying to make people happy here. It's like every face winning every match. It's true. I mean, that could happen. That could happen. And to be honest with you, like, I hope if they're really dead set on Ronda winning, I hope it does go down that way because I would much rather have Bianca win that match. But, you know, that's what I would like to see. So hopefully you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, going down the card, I, I think uh, of the match with the uh, the next most sort of hype. Um, we don't even know technically one of the participants and that's Seth Rollins against now this uh, mystery opponent. Um, you know, everybody seems to, to think this is Cody Rhodes. That's the reporting that's out there. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past WWE to throw in a swerve here. Right, Brian? You, you agree with me? Well, there has been, and I hate, I don't want to, I'm, I know afraid, going. <laughs> I'm afraid to even give momentum to this, yeah. but there has been a building buzz that it could be Shane McMahon. Yes. Who was spotted uh, or, or I, I guess where right. is going to be in Dallas. Who has been, who has been seen that he's going to be there now. It was the original match. He uh, is, and it was the original plan. He is Vince McMahon's son. So people could say, well, I guess, you know, he might, he's going anyway, because he's in the family, but given how he exited and everything, I, I wouldn't say that was a foregone conclusion that he would just show up to hang out with his dad who just fired him. So the fact that he's going gives me pause, you know, but, but in any, but either way it goes, I think it's brilliant how they're doing it because they're working everybody and they are building interest in this match. And by extension in this show, and they know they're doing it because otherwise they would have announced it ahead of time. Any, either way, they would have said, you know, the, the return of Shane McMahon or, Oh my, or Cody Rhodes shows up and, 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 and spoils, you know, sets party. But you know what I mean? The fact that they're not doing that, is clearly they know that people are wondering who it's going to be, you know? You know, the the, the wrinkle in the story with, with um, uh, Vince McMahon calling him into the office and saying he's going to give him an opponent uh, of his choosing, that almost leans more toward, toward Shane than towards Cody, right? I mean, it's um, what, in terms of, of storyline, why would, would Vince do all this buildup to have him face Cody Rhodes? Where's the history there? Uh, I'm not sure. One thing that I, I think could happen is uh, a, a few uh, kind of misdirections some swerves before we finally get Cody. So Seth is in the ring and they play Shawn Michaels music and Shawn comes out and um, <laughs> Shane comes out and, you know, the Undertaker comes out, whatever. And then finally you, you get Cody. I could see something like that. That yeah. was and the Undertaker was another name that I heard getting thrown around, especially with the Hall of Fame thing and everything that he would come out and just squash him in like 30 seconds. You know, I, I mean, but I think that's probably the least likely of those three. Yeah. Harry, do you, do you assume it's Cody Rhodes? I do. I, I guess a, another misdirection could be if they tease, oh, this person is, is is the son of a very powerful individual in the wrestling business, and they give you every reason to think it's Shane. I'd heard that be Cody Rhodes yeah, instead. Yeah. I guess WWE has to be careful in the same way Cody Khan and AEW had to be with CM Punk last year, where they never said it was going to CM Punk be CM Punk, but there was such speculation. And it wasn't, uh, 
you know, they, they didn't dismiss it or anything. So everybody was expecting CM Punk to come, even though it was not a guarantee. You almost get locked into these things where you have to deliver Cody or it's going to be a lot. Of <laughs> yeah. If it is Cody, uh, uh, Harry, what do you think the crowd's reaction is? I think it's going to be huge. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, it's it's I, interesting I think to I, be fans, you know, uh, right. uh, how many of them are watching AEW? How many of them, you know, think of Cody Rhodes as stardust I, I don't think that many but <laughs> but i don't take it as as a given um that it it'll be this explosive huge pop i don't know maybe a, a live wrestlemania crowd where you yeah know, you have to travel and pay a few bucks to be there might go over better live than uh with viewers at home yeah yeah i agree that's probably true uh what about the presentation uh, uh brian um does does it work if if Cody comes out with his old WWE music and and all that? I mean, I, I've and I guess there's some rumors that that they've um, that Cody's insisted on sort of the exact presentation that he had AW American Nightmare the music the pyro. Um, d- is that the way it should go? I'm just hoping he doesn't come out as Stardust. Right, <laughs> I would not put it past them. But here's the thing: while I would not put it past them. The reason I don't see anything like that happening, though, is with Cody himself, I can't imagine in my wildest dreams that he would agree to it. It would it would be a sort of thing like, well, if that's what you want me to do, I'm not coming in. Forget it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a certain degree of to get him to make this jump and come in that he's got conditions. You know what I mean? So, like, I wouldn't be surprised. I would lean towards it being even if not identical to being something that is reminiscent of his AEW presentation. I don't know if they're going to let him go that far because I mean, that was what he, the height of egomania, what he would do in AEW where he would come out like he was Jesus Christ every time for every match. Like, I don't know if they're going to go that far, but I think it will be something similar. I think his look will be pretty much identical the music, if not the exact song, it will be something that suggests it. Like I do, I do think that because look, here's the thing. And and look, WWE has been dumb about this sort of thing before, but the whole point of getting him is not that you're getting the guy with the mustache from 10 years ago or stardust or some weird, you are getting the man of AEW, the guy who started AEW. You are getting that guy. That's the reason you want him. He 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 raised his value. So let him be that guy. Now, whether or not they'll actually do what the, the common sense thing, we'll see. I, I, I kind of view him as AJ Styles Plus coming in. Remember when <laughs> yeah. AJ came in at the Royal Rumble six years ago? Right. Maybe that kind of reaction, but maybe a little bit bigger and probably long-term in the company. His career may follow did, a similar yeah. trajectory. I, I think um and 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 right his uh, presentation was over the top in AW and I thought it totally worked. I loved it. I mean, I I uh, Oh, I'm not saying I hated it, but it was like it was definitely the height of ego, but this is pro wrestling, so and, you know. It and, worked. It until, did work. Until it didn't. Obviously, in in the last few months of right. his run there, I, I think that's part of why people turned on him though because I think it became insufferable. It was just like, "Oh my god, this guy, who does he think he is?" Right. But but I agree. I mean, if if and I and word is they're paying top dollar for the guy and um, you know, the reality is this war with AEW is a real thing. And as you touched on, that's about as big a name as you could sign away from them. So I think you have to treat them like a huge, huge, huge deal. 
And I'll go one further. I think he comes in and uh, is, is Seth Rollins Raw brand, right? I mean, they go back and forth. I lose track. Uh, yes. Assuming he is, I, I think he's got to be the top guy in Raw. I mean, I think he, you bring him in and he is a number one, your, your Raw uh, baby face. There's, I, I don't know who else there is anyway. I what mean, about Brock? Well, Brock is a part-timer. I, I imagine um, after WrestleMania, he's going to disappear for a little while, as he usually does. But in terms of a, a full-time guy, and I don't, I don't know if, if Cody's going to be a full-time guy, uh, but but I think I think he is your guy. I mean, and and I imagine to get him back. Um, I don't know if they promised that, but but that had to be the part of the conversation. Is I'm not coming in here to be a mid carder. But here's here's the other part of that too, though, and I don't, we haven't really mentioned this, but if you think about what happened to him in AEW and think about one of the reasons why he left, which is the way that people turned on him and the way things backfired against him. And he came out looking unlikable. Um, why wouldn't the same exact thing happen again? in WWE? Like, why are we, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a very solid chance that, he gets a huge response, but it's not the one he wants. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, why wouldn't the, what, maybe the WWE crowd isn't plugged into what was going on in AEW, but I almost feel like even if it doesn't immediately happen, it's going to happen where like that crowd will reject him in the same way of just like, why is who, why is this guy getting like pushed down our throat kind of a thing? Like, uh, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know why we would expect this audience to love him when the AEW crowd essentially kicked him out of the company. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. And, and I could see him coming in, getting pushed real hard. And as you know, Vince's is, is prone to doing sort of losing interest. I mean, I think of like uh, uh, Finn Balor. Remember when he first came into the company and they made him the first universal champion. He was going to yeah. be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And they really quickly sort of, uh, he's small and all that. Yeah. And and Cody um, is you know for for as much as he's helped his career and kind of improved his stock, he's still the guy that he was. I mean, in the ring, uh, he's gotten better, but but oh, he's better. Whatever he's issues better. that that Vince McMahon um, held against him, they're still there. So so um, uh, yeah, I don't and and think about um, and this is like sort of the most Vince McMahon thing in the world, right? Uh, does the fact that he worked in AEW actually work against him i think to like sting in wrestlemania whatever it was 31 two whatever 31 um and it's like you've got sting right finally and uh he's at working at wrestlemania and they beat him and they beat him because you need to send a message that wwe is uh, uh you know better than than wcw 20 something years after uh, the company was out of business and i wonder if there's something there in that vince mcmahon needs to prove that he was right. He he was right about who Cody Rhodes is and what his place in the card is. Even if I got to pay $5 million a year to prove that point, I'm going to I'm going to show him that he he is in fact the mid card that I thought he was. I think we'll see that happen if they if he sees the opportunity. Like like the minute that people turn on him and the minute his kind of his momentum starts to dissipate and and I think that'll be the excuse to be like, okay, back to the mid card, you know, kind of a thing at which point he'll have to decide if he's just going to walk or not, you know, if he's going to take that. Uh, Harry, if, if we do not see Cody at all at WrestleMania and, and instead, you know, the plan is to debut him on raw. 
Is the crowd angry on, on Saturday? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I think uh, they ha- the card has too much to offer, and you do have Steve Austin. Yeah. Do you, I, I, do you think there will be if, – if it's Shane or anybody else, I think <laughs> well, there might Shane, be – different reaction. I think there might be booze. I think there might be, uh, you know, A BS. Riot. Yeah. I, I, I mean, now I think, for better or for worse, they're expecting Cody, right? And, and yeah. at least – Portion of the crowd's not going to be happy with anybody else. Well, you know um, what? I think WWE fans are so conditioned to the storytelling, they may be disappointed not being able to see them live, but they're going to have enough patience to think, okay, there's going to be another turn of the page here, and we'll just we'll just see what happens. But it's not WrestleMania, and I know that they try to make <laughs> that Raw special, uh, but but debuting uh, in in WrestleMania versus debuting on Raw is is night and day. So. I, I really do hope it's Cody on Saturday. I think it'll make all the difference. I think it'll be one, if done right, it will be a WrestleMania moment and, and one of the, the highlights of the weekend. Um, so um, I guess the next biggest match on Saturday would be uh, the Mysterios versus the Miz and, and Logan Paul, bringing back Logan Paul here for a second year. Um, you know, your, your, uh, Harry, your thoughts uh, on this build and how much of a difference maker is Logan Paul? They, they seem to be, uh, hoping that that his celebrity and his following will will make a little bit of a difference here. Well, I've not been so interested in the build up per se as seeing Logan Paul trained and being in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, much more so than maybe even Johnny Knoxville. I'm interested to see what he pulls off. Now we already know he's a natural heel, and he know how wrestling works, and he knows how to get that crowd reaction. But I'm very interested to see how he performs physically. And, and he's an athlete and he's a big guy and and uh, him and his brother have showed a real uh, knack for for combat sports. I know everybody sort of hates on them and, and are waiting for them to uh, get humiliated, but they just haven't. And and yeah. uh, they're they're big, uh, tough guys. It'll be interesting to see um, what aptitude he has. Brian, we talk about sometimes, you know, celebra- some celebrities who kind of get it right and some who, who get it wrong. Does. Logan Paul seemed to be kind of uh, hitting the the right note here in in uh, his work. Well, my son knew who he was, so that <laughs> that told me a lot. My son is seventeen, so I mean, like my son was like Logan Paul is doing wrestling, you know. So I mean, like that was an eye opener for me because I was initially like, who, "Who is this guy?" You know, like that was my initial response. Which that response I have more often <laughs> than I ever used to these days, but. The, the the feeling I have with him, and I could be wrong, that I which I don't think is happening with Johnny Knoxville, actually, surprisingly to me in a, a bit, is that Logan Paul, it feels like he's the kind of celebrity involvement that I think the WWE fans are kind of rejecting. Like, I just feel like it's a combination of indifference and annoyance. I, I don't I don't get that feeling of excitement to the of even that i got with bad bunny who that was another eye-opener where i was like what is this little guy doing and and it you know and not realizing like he's 100 times more famous than the entire wwe roster combined you know which i wasn't aware of either at the time so but this doesn't feel like that to me and i could be totally wrong it feels like this is not something that the fans want to see that's my guy yeah I mean, some of it is that um, the 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 bloom is off the rose. I mean, uh, the the Paul brothers, I think, were a bigger deal a few years back, um, and I think so much of their celebrity is that people hate them um, and you know want them to see see them uh, get their comeuppance. So 
in, in that sense, I think he's done a fine job sort of playing heel with, with the Miz. Uh, they seem to be teasing that, that maybe he's turning baby face, which I think would be a misstep because I just, I just don't see the fans, you know, cheering for Logan Paul under any circumstances. Um, but, but I like some of the build. I mean, I thought the angle with, um, uh, the miss uh, take it off uh, Ray's mask uh, was really effective and uh, got some real heat. Uh, I think it's cool to see a father team with his son at, at WrestleMania. That's really neat. So uh, I think they've done a, a fine job uh, of building this one up. Um, and and it, it's worth saying, I mean, night one compared to night two, uh, there's a, a pretty sizable difference like in uh, marquee quality. And, and it sort of reminds me of last year's WrestleMania where, uh, night one was so much better than the night two, but for the main event of night two, that really saved the show. Right. And and it sort of seems like maybe that's by design uh, because uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but night two isn't nearly as loaded as uh, night one. Uh, uh, last couple matches, and I'll just uh, uh, go through them quick here. Uh, night one, Drew McIntyre and uh, Happy Corbin. Uh, this one's gotten a lot of build for for many, many months. Kind of a step down for, for Drew, who, you know, was uh, in, in the world title picture the last uh, couple of WrestleManias. Uh, Usos versus uh, Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Uh, I've kind of enjoyed the build uh, to this. I think it's a fine tag team uh, a match. And uh, New Day, uh, Woods, and Kofi against Ridge Holland and Sheamus. Uh, I'll be curious to see if, if Big E shows up. I don't know if he can, but but he's uh, come out in a neck brace and wheelchair. Who knows? Uh, Harry, any thoughts on, on, on the rest of the card here? Well, um, like everybody else, I'm a little surprised to see uh, Madcap Moss versus McIntyre at a WrestleMania. If this no, is happy, a one night WrestleMania, happy Corbin pre-show and Cor- yeah. Corbin. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess people are to the point they hate Baron Corbin so much. Yeah, you know they're willing to tolerate this match for WrestleMania. So, uh, I, I think Madcap will be a major part of it, which yeah. I think he's emerged as the real star throughout all this. He's the one that's really been helped, and it's just that you know his gimmick is so juvenile they don't take him seriously but in the ring you know if he didn't have those suspenders throwing him up and uh, getting caught up in the ropes and everything you know he'd be taken seriously yeah i mean uh corbin is, is still one of my guilty pleasures and uh i i think both of them are doing really good heel work and um yeah i, I you know you, you could like to act or not like to act i think they um they do it well, you know, I, I, uh, Corbin, uh, and, and Moss, I think they play their roles uh, to perfection. Um, so any, any thoughts on, on any of the rest of the matches, uh, Brian? Well, that one definitely, because look, I understand, and, and we've had this discussion and, and sometimes I think fans don't understand this, that not everybody can stay at the top forever. There's not enough room for everyone to always be in the title mix and always be in the main event. I mean, there's just too many people. Uh, but that said, it it is troubling and sad to me that, you know, two years ago, Drew McIntyre, it was his WrestleMania. It, he, he was the man and he was the guy. And when you get coronated to that degree, I have to say, it there is the assumption that you're going to be in that spot for good. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like two years after Randy Savage got the pelt at WrestleMania four, he was still one of the guys like high up to me, the, the, the ultimate low standard that everything gets compared to in my mind of WrestleMania come downs 
is King Kong Bundy to go <laughs> to go from you're in the main event against Hulk Hogan for the title. And the next year you're rolling around with midgets, you know, like that is the, that is the gold standard of falls from year to year. And this is not as bad as that, but it's bad to me. It's bad. It just feels like um, it is a clear sign that they felt that he just didn't have it Be- because it, you know, it, it, it doesn't even feel like a kind of a match where you're going, okay, well, he can't be in the title match this year, but we've got something else really good for you. Like right. this is, this is not that, you know, it's just not that to me. It feels like I, I don't like Corbin. I don't care what they do with him. They could <laughs> paint him colors, put different clothes on him, change his hair. He will just never do it for me. Just, just never do it for me. Yeah. I think McIntyre's gimmick hurts him a bit. His character it's a bit one dimensional. I think once you hand somebody a sword, they're going to reach a ceiling. Yeah, yeah it's not it's like when he became point. champion, he put on a sports jacket and became like a, a suave kind of guy. You know, maybe that would have given him some more latitude. But pretty much when you ran the Kelt and you got the sword, you're only going to go so far. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I think he'd benefit from a heel turn, right? Uh, um, you know, you think about um, what that did for for Roman Reigns. And uh, McIntyre, you know, I've called him uh, the man who built the Thunderdome. And, uh, you know, the, the, the reality is uh, the timing for him was just the worst. Right. I mean, he he won the Royal Rumble, eliminates uh, uh, Brock Lesnar. He sort of crowned the new big thing. And then he wins the title in the main event of WrestleMania in an empty performance center and then goes on to have two world title reigns. Never once defends the title in front of fans. I mean, he only uh, played before empty uh, audiences. And, um, you know, by the time fans were back in the building, it was just sort of like a lost cause. And they just sort of, um, you know, they're catching their chips. And it, it almost feels like if if um, you wanted to elevate him back up to the top, you really have to start from scratch now. I mean, you, you can't, um, you know, whatever equity he built during his um, two world title reigns are sort of long gone. And uh, you and, and this is sort of a sign of it when you're working with uh, Baron Corbin in the mid card of WrestleMania. Yeah. You're, you're kind of back. I don't want to say at the bottom, but, but yeah, you're, you're sort of starting all over again. Rebuild. Uh, let, let's uh, let's move to tonight to uh, the main event is the main event, Brock Lesnar and, and Roman Reigns. I think this is the third time we've had this uh, main event uh, at WrestleMania. Um, they're, they're calling this one, the biggest match of all time. And in part, because, uh, it is champion versus champion, and ostensibly they they are um, unifying uh, the titles. Uh, Brian, we've talked about it. WrestleMania time when when it's time to really build up the biggest match at WrestleMania. What do you do? You bring in some cars, and this is what what's what's happened here. So here it was a forklift, and uh, and then they did it for for Ronda too. I, that's always like the height of of uh, of building a, a main event for WrestleMania. You got to have some kind of car accident backstage. Um, it, I, I So on one hand, I haven't loved the, the storyline um, build for this uh, in the last few weeks. Uh, um, and, and I actually am a little underwhelmed by uh, babyface Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, I just don't feel it. You know, him coming out with the cowboy hat and, and overnight developing some kind of southern drawl. Uh, it's it's not him. All that said, I think Roman is more than making up for it. Roman is absolutely at the top of his game. Uh, I think he is the best act in all of wrestling. 
Uh, I just can't get enough of him. I, I think everything he does is absolutely uh, uh, pitch perfect. And because of that, I'm excited about this match. How about you, Harry? I am. Um, and think about how far they've come. At, you know, as, as late as no- November, I would say, people were still holding out hope that The Rock would be involved, that maybe it would be The Rock versus Roman Reigns. And Reigns versus Brock seemed to be the fallback. And you were thinking, well, will people settle for that? You know, and they uh, wrestled in Saudi Arabia, and you think you've seen this match. But the, the Paul Heyman dynamic and Roman Reigns and as hot as he is and how good he is, they pulled it off. And even Lesnar, I agree, I don't really care for the down-on-the-farm gimmick, but he's bringing a, a different dimension. And you've heard a lot more chatter lately about, you know, Brock is smarter than you think he is. He's smarter about the wrestling business, and he's smarter about how to work with the crowd all things that we underestimated before, mainly because he was the strong, silent type. So I'm very impressed with how far they've come uh, with this match. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Brian? Are, are you hyped up for this? Yes. And I'm going to say that I love Cowboy Brock. Really? So <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. But I know I'm the guy that always defends Brock Lesnar no matter what. And I probably come off that way of like, no matter what he does, I love it and blah, blah, blah. And I, I do it to get heat. This is not true. I really do think that he's he's very talented and very unique. And here's the thing. He is having the time of his life, and it's very clear that he is. And, you know, he's not a guy that you would expect this from. That's what I love about it. There's a reason they had Heyman talking for him all those years, you know, because he was deemed that he, he didn't have the personality for it. He couldn't, he wasn't verbal enough. He he wasn't a people person. And he, and I think it's partly his maturity. I don't think he could have done this 20 years ago, 15 years ago. He is now proving that wrong. And he's doing, he's reinventing himself. When you have, look, it's like we've seen it with The Undertaker. We've seen it with other people. When you have someone who's a top attraction for this long, you got to shake it up, especially because the whole aura with Lesnar is that he's unbeatable when, in fact, he's not literally unbeatable. He 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 loses from time to time when it's effective. So you have to keep him interesting and different. You can't have it just be the same guy because then you run into, you know, he could, he'll become Goldberg. Basically, you can't have him just be the same guy. And then because then, then the more he loses, then the, then the aura starts to dissipate. You know, you, you keep him interesting and fresh and i i think it's great i mean him with the forklift i'm a sucker for all that kind of stuff <laughs> maybe it just reminds me of the attitude era but i think it's great that said i do think and i mean I'm, i don't know if there's any doubt about this but you've got to keep the roman reigns rally going that's got to be where this goes and i know it's weird then i mean it's not unprecedented wrestlemania ending on a on a low note maybe they'll have some kind of confrontation or something that makes it end with the crowd cheering or whatever, but I, I just think you've, you've got to have the Roman Reigns Express keep rolling on after this show. Yeah. Do, do you agree with that, uh, Harry? Do you assume that he he comes uh, out of WrestleMania with both titles? I do assume that. I, I suppose there's an outside chance they could have Lesnar win just to set up a rematch uh, a month or two from now between the two, but I don't think that's worth it, um, but we shall see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, um, you know, even now, I think their eyes are on WrestleMania next year. And I, I know how much of it is a done deal, but but certainly, um, 
you know, what, what everybody's dreaming of is the rock and, and Roman reigns. Uh, and to do that, you know, they talk about Roman being in God mode and I, I don't know what comes after that, but, but having both world titles would be just huge and, and it fits, right. It fits the character, a guy whose head has just gotten so big, um, for him to have both titles. I I'm going to assume he wins both titles and just vacates one of them says, you know, I'm a SmackDown guy. I've got no use for this title and just gives it up. Um, but, uh, do you think, you know, spear or pin or, or, or puts him to sleep with the choke? I mean, you think it's that, that simple? Either I don't him. think, I think Heyman might be involved. Mm. I mean, you don't like to see a tainted finish for a WrestleMania, but I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think the rock choke? Is, is he, I'm sure they'd love it. And, and you talk about, you know, a happy ending. Imagine right. that confrontation in the ring, man. That you, could be it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be something to do to make up for Reigns going over. If if they could, I'm sure they would love it. I'm sure they want. I still, I'm sure they wanted him for Survivor Series. I mean, I was there, and you could tell that they had structured the entire show of, around the Rock being there, and then for whatever reason, just stubbornly decided, oh, he's not coming. Well, we're still doing the same show anyway that we were going to do. Like it was really weird. So I mean, yeah, if Cody doesn't show up. Big deal. Series. They would want him there in a heartbeat if he wants to do it. You know, that's a whole different question. Yeah. It's a pop in and a pop out. That's right. all it takes. Yeah. yeah. I'd love it. It's a private jet, land, do it, and leave. If, he, if, well, the interesting thing about that would be if, if we had that, that pretty much confirms that we're getting that match next year at WrestleMania, right? Um, so yeah, it'd be huge. I mean, what a great way to, to, to end WrestleMania. Um, again, the, the second night, not nearly as, as loaded up as the first night, uh, edge versus AJ Styles, I guess would be the next biggest match. Uh, a lot of people looking at this as kind of the, uh, the, the, the dark horse to, to, to steal the show. Um, I don't even know it's dark horse. I mean, you, you got these two guys first time ever. Um, the downside is, I guess they're, they're both a little later in their career, but in terms of what they, they bring to the table, they, they are two of the, the very best. And uh, if given plenty of time, um, you know, could easily have the, the best match of both nights. Uh, do you agree with that, Harry? I do. And I'm looking forward to the actual match. Um, and while Edge, to me, is un unparalleled as far as giving an intense emotional promo and making you believe, I still have a problem with these guys turning heel at sort of the flip of a switch. I yeah. mean, he tried to give a rationale behind it, but it seemed like it happened so quickly. It's almost like, okay, he's shifting gears in the heel because that's what's required of him, and it, it doesn't feel so genuine. But for, as far as the actual match, I guess I, I'm thinking AJ Styles will win. I mean, they did just invest a lot of money into him. So that would yeah. be my prediction. The, the casting is kind of weird here, right? Because AJ's been this heel for years now, and Edge came back as this – uh, sympathetic, you know, baby face returning from from injury, and uh, like you said, kind of just before WrestleMania, they they flip roles, and overnight AJ is is a baby face, kind of out of the blue, and Edge is a, a heel, and I think I think maybe that's affected some of the the build here is that uh, it, it's so kind of like whiplash, sudden, like Edge has got new music and he's coming in and and he's all dressed in black. It's just a, a total different presentation uh, overnight. And and the other part of it is, um, you know, it, it, it's sort of like overnight, they remembered that they have one of the best wrestlers in the world in, in AJ Styles, who for the, the last year we had just seen in, 
you know, tag teams working with uh, Omos really didn't factor in uh, at all. So on one hand, it's like, yeah, this match is huge, Ed versus AJ Styles. But also it's like, well, AJ hasn't really been anything in, in WWE for a while. I'm sure he could still go. But uh, yeah, it just feels like they needed something for both guys. They knew that uh, a fan, a certain kind of fan would uh, clamor for this match. Um, but you you didn't get a sense that even two or three months ago, this was on the books, right? Uh, uh, Brian, what do you think about this one? I, I think it'll be a great match, like we've said. Um, I mean, that to me, I mean, this is a dependable match. I mean, it could always, you know, people said that with Nakamura and Styles and that kind of underwhelmed. Right. But I think, I think the main reason that match underwhelmed is because it had people thinking it was going to be like the greatest match of all time. And it didn't quite, it didn't live up to that, but it was still good. I think this will be very good. I I do think it's a little weird, right? Like you said, the buildup, but this is way better than what AJ Styles got stuck with last year. And and even though, like I thought, I, I was very impressed with how they presented Omas, and I, I I it was it was they really put him on the map in that way. But that whole thing really did no favors to AJ Styles, and so this at least has me feeling again like. This is a guy who's in the mix, who has an interesting match at WrestleMania doing something that he should be doing that feels right for him. So, you know, I'm excited to see it. It's like one of those. It remind, You know what it reminds me of? Like in the old days, this would have been the Intercontinental title match. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? What's the Intercontinental title? <laughs> right. That, it's the one that kid has that every, no one thinks about. Yeah. Right, exactly. We'll talk about that in, in a moment. Uh, you just mentioned. So so we should talk about it. And it's probably the the. Well, maybe it's the, the match of the next most build, and that's uh, Omas uh, against Bobby Lashley. They just made that official uh, on Monday night. Lashley coming back. I mean, clearly they they've got some big plans for Omas to to put him in there with uh, one of their top guys, and uh, I wouldn't put it past him to to have him uh, win this. I mean, there's talk right. of Omas and Brock Lesnar, uh, Omas being um, you know a world title challenger, kind of the next monster. Um, Harry, uh, what what do you think? This I, I just can't imagine this is going to be. I mean, there's a way to do this match that works, which is just sort of like, you know, big collisions. Don't go in there too long, three minutes, and get out of it. Yeah, I mean, there's a logic to what you say, and I can see uh, people in WWE uh, thinking that's the way to go. But I don't think Omas is quite the golden goose yet, and he's still got time. And he's still facing the almighty Bobby Lashley, who's hit a couple of uh, rough spots as of late. And I think I would put my money on Lashley winning because I still think Omas has the upside. I I think Omas taking a loss doesn't ruin him because he's still got the size as long as they continue to keep him strong after this match is over. Yeah, yeah. It feels a little bit like uh, El Gigante in uh, 1990s, sort of the new guy who they just you know, sort of mesmerized by the height, if nothing else. And they start thinking, uh, you know, main event, world titles, even if um, and and Omas is, is better than El Gigante, I think it's fair to say. Um, but but uh, yeah, who, uh, Brian, who do you think wins this? I think the the for me, first of all, I think it's a great matchup. It's a great idea. I just think no, I no, I do. I really do. I, I I like this kind of like pure power match of this of the giant against the jacked up guy. Like it just feels like a WrestleMania match to me. But I think the goal of this, if I'm booking it, would be, you know, 
Omas, okay, he's got an upside and down the road, they could do things with him. Like Harry was saying, he's not there yet. I think for this match, this is an opportunity to really reestablish Lashley. I think that should be the goal here because Omas could get that heat back and, you know, he's, he's impressive. This is the match where you, you, you put Lashley back on track of, Hey, don't forget about this guy. This guy is legit and he's a contender and look who he just beat. Like, I think that is, that should be the goal of this match to me. Yeah. To help I, Lashley. I, I agree. Uh, the the flip, flip side of that is that Lashley is 46, something like that. So, um, you know, but you, would you that, ever he, guess that he was though? I mean, like no, I, he's, right. he's doing the best work of his career. So, <laughs> right. so uh, uh, yeah, I totally agree, but I could see them being in the mindset of, you know, who is the the better long term investment? And um, you know, look, we've we've seen them do it with Kali. We've seen them do it with with so many uh, people. So it, it wouldn't be um, sort of uh, off brand for them to to really go all in on uh, Omas, only to to sort of be proven down the line that all right, this didn't quite work. Um, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Lashley just meet him. You know, and uh, right, I mean Omas, you could. You can rebuild in time, and, and he needs time. He's still uh, pretty green. Uh, you know, big drop-off from there. I guess the next biggest thing would be um, the, the the Raw Tag Team titles, RK Bro versus Street Profits and uh, Alpha Academy. I got to say, like, this has been really good. You know, I, I, I've i really enjoyed uh, uh, sort of the storyline of uh, the chase uh, uh, and, and Alpha Academy and RK Bro. And, you know, I think it's been like uh, – uh, sort of sports entertainment at its best. Some of the fun they've had with like the trivia, I think uh, a Gable uh, is doing great work. Uh, it's just a, a, a good act. RK bro, people just seem to like him. I mean, sometimes there's just unquantifiable sort of just uh, uh, chemistry, charisma, and I think Riddle and Orton have it. So uh, on one hand, you think like a, a guy like Orton, who really is one of the biggest stars in all of wrestling, you know, would deserve something bigger at WrestleMania, but his act is really, really over right now, him and a riddle. And um, I think, I think all the teams uh, in this match are pretty over. I think the the crowd will be pretty hot for it. And, um, you know, I assume, well, I don't know if I assume, but, but I I think in terms of like the happy ending, send fans home uh, happy, it's RK bro celebrating with the titles in the, in the ring. Well, that could be the case, uh, and I definitely agree. The Alpha Academy has gained some tra- traction and become more entertaining. I really enjoyed them, but you know what? I think one thing this WrestleMania might be missing is a heel turn, mm. and I still think it's possible that the Viper could strike because we've seen uh, their relationship evolve, where he went from tolerating Riddle to now sort of admiring him. That's dangerous territory, where he's like. Showing a little bit of respect, and we know that's not Orton's style. I could, I could definitely see a turn, sort of out of nowhere on this one. It, it's got to happen, right? I mean, everybody's sort of w- waiting for that. It seems inevitable. Um, I guess it's an issue of of timing. Uh, uh, Brian, is is this the night to do it? <laughs> well, what about this? I pose this to you, gentlemen. What if you're looking in the wrong place for the heel turn? Because that's <laughs> what everybody sees coming. What if they go the complete opposite direction? And Riddle goes heel and becomes a completely different character that you would never expect him to be. Now, I don't know if he is actually even capable of pulling that off, but if he was, wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, I, I would, would love, love that. that. 
Yeah, I was gonna say you should say that in a in a Vince Russo accent. <laughs> bro, bro, look, listen, bro. No, I mean... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes the predictable. You know, Randy Orton has has uh, been a heel most of his life. I think it's the 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 role that that suits him better. Um, but yeah, I could see that. I mean, the reality is Riddle as a baby face on his own was never that over. Um, he he's over as as part of the act with. Orton. So if if it was kind of the more obvious thing and Orton turns uh, on Riddle, um, yeah, I, I don't know that that fans would be that behind Riddle in, in that feud. So yeah, maybe what you're saying makes more sense. Yeah, um, and then um, oh, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. We haven't talked about this. You know, again, at, at one point this was going to be like one of the big attractions of, of WrestleMania. Might have been Vince McMahon, uh, and now it really feels like they're they're just sort of throwing it in there. They committed to it, so we'll do it. But it seems sort of like half-hearted, uh, even the build to it. Um, and we haven't seen Vince McMahon at all uh, uh, in, in the build to this. So um, it this just doesn't feel like nearly as big a deal. Uh, as it was supposed to and as it could have been, Harry? Well, while I strongly believe Austin Theory is going to win this one because you know, he's Vince McMahon's protege and he's the chosen one and a full-time wrestler and probably the future, there are so many unknowns about this that I think this has the potential to have the most surprises. Like, What will Vince McMahon's role be? What will happen? Will Shane get involved? Mm. And here Pat McAfee is, you know, obviously very talented athlete. We saw him at NXT War Games. But obviously, he doesn't want to be a full-time wrestler. He's already a multimillionaire doing other things. So how exactly is Austin Theory's win going to go down if that that's indeed what happens? So I think I'm anticipating this the most or the most excited about because I just have no clue. Of how it's going to go down. Yeah, yeah. I also don't know what the crowd's reaction is going to be to uh, either of these guys. Um, are you excited about this, Brian? Well, the, I mean, they love McAfee. I'm. That's uh, something I have not been able to fathom. I know I'm in the minority on that. I just think he's he's just like the new Todd Pettengill to me, like with with it with better in better condition. Uh, but um, I don't know this, this one. I don't even know why it's happening at this point. It just feels like, why are we doing this? Like, like th- th- this will be the one they cut for time if they have to. Like, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, what it what it feels like to me now. I'm, it seems it's rather obvious that I think that the Vince thing was once very seriously on the table, and and that is the reason why there's been like this weird stop start about this, where I think cooler heads prevailed. I think we might've talked about this. I think maybe even Vince himself probably said, okay, no, 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 no. I can't actually do this. I think, so I think they had to shift gears unexpectedly. And that's why this match seems to have just plummeted from space to the earth because of just, of just confusion of what they were actually doing with it. I don't think this was their plan. Yeah. At one point it was like, McMahon and, and and you know um to to their credit they, they never announced this but at least this was the the word that was out there it was McMahon versus McAfee with Austin in um McMahon's corner uh and then the talk was that no it'll be uh Austin versus McAfee with McMahon in Austin's corner and really McMahon's not in it at all I mean if if he is there 
on Sunday night, they haven't announced it, right? I mean, they haven't said with Vince McMahon no. in his corner, right? No, but but if he is involved still in some way, it would, even though, like, I can't imagine, but I mean, this family's weird, but it would explain maybe what Shane's doing there. Like, like maybe right. that's what he's going to do. Yeah. Maybe he's yeah. getting involved with this, even though I would be like, who in the world would do that after your dad just fired you? But this is a weird business. Um, maybe that's what he's actually doing there and not wrestling Seth Rollins. <laughs> like it could, could be right. Funny. And, and, and do you go, is the route, um, theory and Shane, you know, does, does, uh, cause you know, the, the storyline sort of been that, uh, Austin is kind of his like adopted son, the, the, the son he never had kind of thing. And do you bring in his real son and that's the feud or is it McAfee and Shane? I don't know, you know. And then you have to bring Hornswoggle back too. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and and Ken Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, um, and then we've got uh, the women's tag team match again. Another one that just feels sort of thrown in um, to to get some some people. Sasha Banks in particular. I mean, it just uh, you t- you talk about uh, the, the Baron Corbin uh, or or the uh, Drew McIntyre drop off. You know, Sasha was headlining uh, last year, and here she is in a in a four way tag team title match. Uh, you know, honestly, one of the biggest stars in in the whole company. But as you touched on, I mean, this isn't even a slight. The reality is, you can't always be at the top, and and it's good mm-hmm. that they they found a way to get her on the show, and and that she's in this match makes the match uh, a bigger deal. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm just not feeling it all. I, I, you know, these teams feel mostly just thrown together, including um, a Sasha and and Naomi. Uh, there's not a lot of heat on on the women's title. Uh, not everybody in this match is exactly you know a, a fantastic wrestler. So uh, this one, this one needs to be kept short. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would too, and and I mean, it, it's similar to the Drew McIntyre thing for Sasha, where again I say, okay, just because she's not in a title match, I mean, you know, the women's title match, it doesn't mean you just kind of like waste her. But with the with the women's division, it's even slimmer than with the men, so the possibilities are are less, you know. But I have been getting a sense. I know I'm not the only one, but it just it feels like even if you follow her on social media and stuff it's hard to make sense of There's almost like a weird kind of passive aggressive cry for help going on. I don't know if it's just me where it's like, she's constantly thanking Vince McMahon and like trying to, you know, put over herself, but in not a, and not in a wrestling way. And it almost feels like she's trying to say without saying it, like, don't you guys think that I'm much more valuable than how they're treating me right now? Like that may just be what I'm reading into it. But that's the feeling that I get that she's not happy there right now. Yeah. Don't Sasha and Naomi really have to win this one? Uh, considering that factor with uh, Sasha and Naomi has really been pushed big time on SmackDown for the last six months um, with the angle with Sonya Deville. So it almost feels like they're the only ones with real momentum here mm-hmm. to win this one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, it's only I think the only way to come out of this match with with anything is uh, th- that visual of Sasha celebrating with a, a title at the end of the the match. So, yeah, I, I would expect uh, that would happen. Well, what do you guys think uh, opens night two of the show? Night two of WrestleMania. Maybe Sammy and 
Johnny Knoxville. I forgot all about that. Uh, I didn't have that <laughs> is is that night two? I don't even have night there, two. I believe. I think. Sure not, yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think they open with that. I don't uh, think so. Good. Yeah, I could see the RK Bro match uh, opening because they're a good act to get kind of everybody on their feet. Uh, but oh yeah, let's talk about it real quick. Uh, 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 Knoxville and uh, Zane. I think this could actually be a lot of fun. They did the anything goes match. I'm sure there's gonna be all kinds of weapons. I'm sure yeah. uh, they're gonna be bumping around uh, like crazy. Again, timing. I think like you keep it, you know, eight nine minutes, and uh, Knoxville wins. I suppose. Yeah, I, I would win. think he has to. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we, we, Harry, uh, Brian, and I have talked about uh, uh, Johnny Knoxville. What do you think the jo- of the job he's done? Again, riding that line between sort of like celebrity and wrestler. And, you know, we've talked about on, on one end, you have, um, you know, a bad bunny who who took it super seriously. And then you've got sort of on the other end of the spectrum, Jay Leno. Uh, uh, where, where, where do you oh, think? Yeah, where, do you think where, where does Knoxville uh, uh, rate up there? But, you know, speaking as a gray-haired person, he should have really taken <laughs> care of that before he WWE. I see he's done some sort of hairstyling, but less than that. But um, I think WWE fans are uh, familiar enough with Johnny Knoxville that they won't resent him for going over. Right. And yeah. I think he's going to be involved in some sort of memorable stunt, maybe not a Shane McMahon level, but something that people will remember. Um and I don't see this being his last run in WWE. I could see him coming back, maybe a recurring thing like Pete Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would rate him pretty highly. Yeah, yeah. And and how about uh, uh, the job Z- uh, Sami Zayn is in? I mean, to me, he was just the right guy for this kind of angle. And uh, this really, I think, is sort of playing to his strengths. He's so over the top that yeah. he can take the loss mm-hmm. and he's okay. Yeah, yeah, I really agree. Um, all right, so that's it. That, that That's uh, the card of both night uh, one and night two. One, and talk a bit about who's not on the show. You know, uh, Brian, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how if they potentially do unify the titles, uh, then they're really going to have to get behind um, the secondary titles, the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title as an, an extra special, you know, uh, a title that could headline a show. Clearly, that that is not the plan. Neither the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title are going to be on the show. Uh, Finn Balor, at, at least Rick Shea is getting a match at uh, 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 a title defense at SmackDown the night before um, against uh, Los Lotharios. Uh, Balor's in the the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, you know, um, so he, he's not even defending the title over the weekend. Uh, again, like you said, you can't always be at the top, but um, still, I mean, this is really, really yeah. down. Yeah, it's mind boggling to me, especially when when you're old enough to remember that. But really, both of those titles, because even like going over to the WCW days, even with the U.S. title, like those were the workhorse titles. Like that's what they call them. Those were the titles you gave to the quote unquote best workers who may not have necessarily been the best draws, but they were the best workers. You could rely on them to like have an awesome match every time in the ring. And um, I don't know. That's like it's nowhere near their thinking right now. Part of me is going, why do they even still have these titles? Yeah, and then on paper, you know, you people will defend it and say, well, the reason they still have them is to have things for the other wrestlers to fight for and and have make their matches important. But not if you're treating them this way. Like, what are you getting out of it? It just seems so 
weird to me that they would do they would book them this way but it's nothing new but this might be the worst like the lowest of the low of 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 how those secondary titles have been treated at wrestlemania i i do think part of um the, the circumstances here are that you need to sell tickets for for smackdown it's the night before wrestlemania people are in town um for that so you got to do something to make that show special they call it wrestlemania smackdown um so honestly i don't have when i look at both nights of wrestlemania I have a hard time finding you, what you you pull out to put either of these guys in. I mean, I'm sure you know the women's tag or um, the the New Day match. I mean, maybe one of those. Um, but I get needing an attraction for for Friday night. You know, what one little thing that would have made all the difference to me is pull Balor um, out of out of the the battle royal and have him defend that title um, against uh, what's his name. I'm going to call him Punishment Martinez. What's his WWE uh, uh, name? Uh, uh, Damian Priest. Yes, Damian Priest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's that been the, the feud. I mean, I would have just assumed that that was the, the match, but instead both of those guys are in the uh, the Battle Royal. Um, you know, to me, like, you put Omos in that Battle Royal and, and you have him win it. Um, I don't know, but I guess you need something for Lashley. Yeah, it, it, it's... I don't want to be too much of a critic because I get there's a lot of moving pieces that and a lot of things that you have to take into consideration, including you got to sell tickets for SmackDown on Friday night. Um, what else? No John Cena as of yet. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be there. He's he's pretty much said he's not going to be there, that the schedule doesn't allow for it. Anybody else that you'd, you'd expect surprises? You know, we touched on The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan. I don't know. Well, the rock, I mean, we mentioned, right. If that, that yeah. would be the big one, if that actually, that would also be the one that would make sense storyline wise, but um, yeah, there's you know, not many people left. Yeah. We know Undertaker will be there. Right. I mean, they do the, the hall of fame um, class that they introduce everybody. So, so at least part of WrestleMania uh, night one or night two will be the Undertaker's entrance if, if nothing else. And that's kind of cool. Um, so Yeah. Um, let, let's, let's touch on the hall of fame, uh, a real quick, we've got, uh, I guess five people, the, the class seemed really small up until just the, the last week they, they had uh, added a couple of folks headlined by the undertaker, um, Vader, uh, going in, uh, this year, Charmel, uh, you know, they got these boxes, they got to check every, every year and, uh, they're checking all the boxes. And, and the last one is, uh, uh, the tag team. And they just announced on uh, Monday night, the Steiners, which, you know, Brian, I'm sure you, you, you're happy about this one. I mean, uh, uh, in terms of merit, they, they belong in there as much as anybody, right? Yeah. I mean, in my view and in many people's view, probably the best tag team of the 90s, uh, especially on the pure in-ring side of things. I mean, who the hell? I mean, especially in, in a long-term sense of the whole decade, you could argue for like um, Williams and Gordy and teams like that. But I mean, like. That was the team of the '90s to a lot of fans, and the, also the fact then the fact that they're not in the Observer Hall of Fame is one of those mind-boggling ones. I vote for them, every, you know, whenever I can, and like you know, this is this is a year where um, Charmel aside, people could hate me if they want to. Uh, she doesn't deserve this, and I think even she in her heart would know that. But everybody going in, other than that, 
this is it feels really good. I mean, The Undertaker, <laughs> there's nobody right. that deserves it more that's not in probably that's alive. So that's a great one with the Steiners. You got the greatest tag team, like I said, of the 90s and, and Vader, the greatest, in my opinion, big man wrestler ever. I think that's awesome. But uh, this is something that is very cool. And I hope I hope that they actually will let Braun Breaker do this induction. For I would God's sake. Yeah. Except that uh, the last, uh, well, last year, I guess they did two different Hall of Fame ceremonies and they did away with, with the inductors, right? They, they just did a video and they went right to the. Um, but I the, think, but was that sort of like pandemic related that they I were. Think so, you know, Cause they weren't even in front of a crowd and it was right. very banned last year. Everybody was clearly reading off of a script and it was kept. Um, everybody's speech was kept very short. I, you know, there's a happy medium in between those endless Hall of Fame ceremonies that they used to do where Hillbilly Jim would go on for 45 minutes and uh, uh, last year's, which, again, just felt very canned and, and um, I don't know, it was just sort of gross. I remember, you know, Eric Bischoff finally gets inducted and uh, clearly he's not even reading his, his own words. I mean, it, it's just the most generic WWE writing team script. So, um I can't imagine they're going to do that with the Undertaker, right? Um, the, the weird thing about this one is that it it it's not its own uh, night. It, it they're they're doing it after SmackDown. Uh, so you know we talk about you know some burnout. Some fans are going to sit there for two hours uh, of right. SmackDown. I don't know if they're doing um, main event also, uh, and then a whole Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, by the time the Undertaker gets up there. Some fans are going to be, you know, I, I don't know if the place is going to be exactly packed. And some fans, if anybody could keep them in the seats, it's going to be the Undertaker. This has got to be the biggest induction in many, many years since I don't know, Ric Flair or something. Um, what, what do you expect uh, 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 out of the Undertaker, Harry, on on uh, a Saturday night? A guy who for most of his career never even went to the, the Hall of Fame because he was so protective of, of that character. And now he is front and center. Yeah, I think he's going to uh, break character in front of a mass audience for the first time. Um, now, a, a lot of uh, Mark Calloway is in The Undertaker, so maybe personality-wise, you know, there's not a big difference between him and the American Badass anyway. Um, I think everybody's looking forward to that. And I think you're right. He's the only person that could uh, make people stay up till midnight on a Friday night after SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep people in seats for that. And I think they've said Vince McMahon is inducting him, right? So I guess they are doing uh, inductors. Is is that the right call? You know, versus I don't know Kane. Or obviously, if Paul Barrow was around, he'd be the one to do it. I think right call or not, it, it feels to me like an incredible honor. You know what I mean? And and it speaks volumes because, and I understand why they're doing it because if you think about it and Al, I think you've made this point before, but I mean, he is like the perfect ultimate kind of in Vince McMahon's mind, WWE legend. He never left. He never went away. He never had to come back. He stayed loyal, top level attraction for, what the hell? I mean, how many years? 30 years, yeah. even if he wasn't full time towards the last few of those. He is like the dream prototype, perfect best case scenario of a WWF slash WWE creation. The ultimate. There is no better example. And I really think that's the way Vince McMahon looks at this. Like if anybody ever deserved 
for me, Vince McMahon, to come out and induct him myself. It's this guy. I, I really think that that's why he's doing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to assume Booker inducts Charmel, uh, Braun Breaker, I would guess, uh, inducts the Steiners. Um, Vader, who do you think? I, I'm thinking Mick Foley. He was pushing for, for a long time to induct him. I think has it been, it may have even been announced as Mick Foley. I don't, I don't know if, if it has or not, but it, yeah, I mean, should be. And uh, he's always got the ear story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got as, as much a connection with him as anybody. And uh, Shad Gasper, we should also mention getting the, the warrior board uh, posthumously. Uh, maybe we see J, JTG. That'd be sort of neat. Um, I'm, I'm sure fans would be uh, happy to see him. So um, that's kind of a neat uh, thing that they're doing. Um, so yeah, and, and, and real quick, um, you know, NXT for a long time was a big part of, of these weekends and, and sometimes would have the, the, the best show of the weekend. Uh, they've got a show, uh, stand and deliver uh, that's, I think Saturday morning, uh, or, or, or afternoon, afternoon, afternoon. You know, uh, kind of a, a matinee Dolph Ziggler and Braun Breaker, uh, in, in the main event. Uh, uh, any thoughts? I mean, does this feel like the, the, the old, uh, uh, takeovers, uh, Harry, it feels like a WWE main event is having a pay-per-view <laughs> Saturday morning slam, <laughs> right? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they're not even calling it takeover tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, it's like, they, they, they the don't show. want you to think about those shows that they want something that is in its place. That is not threatening to overshadow WrestleMania. That's what they want. And that's what they have accomplished. So. But if, if Braun wins uh, the title from Ziggler in the main event, you know, WrestleMania weekend, that'll be a moment, I imagine, for him. probably course, the biggest yes. priority he's ever worked in front of. Um, yeah. I think my I have a theory on this, and I mentioned, I, I think I mentioned it in, in an article I wrote recently where I think the there was an incident at a takeover when Vince McMahon actually showed up in person. I don't know if you guys remember, and he was announced to the crowd, introduced to the crowd at an NXT takeover, and or and the crowd chanted, better than mania to, uh, to to vince mcmahon and i think that that really stuck in his craw i think that was like a defining moment of this experiment is backfiring and we need to step in and do something about this i i really do believe that 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 did not sit well with him at all and i remember hearing at the time that it didn't sit well with him but i think it was to to that degree where i think it, it definitely played a part in all this in what's happened to nxt yeah it'll be interesting to see what the crowd is like, how much uh, they're into it. Um, you know, I, I might be going, and, and I got to tell you, I, I won't even know a lot of people uh, on the show. I, I don't watch it nearly as closely as uh, before it was uh, the NXT 2.0 branding. Um, so, you know, I, I can't imagine it's like the NXT fans of old. Is it just people who just want to catch a show over WrestleMania weekend? Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what that show's An like. Interesting chapter in wrestling history. It's almost like the first case of promotional suicide or, or should I say homicide? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like the shutdown with a pandemic, the economy <laughs> and everything, you just shut it down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick as at raw, they call it the biggest raw uh, of the year. It, it's been a few years before since they've actually had, had one of these because the last few years they didn't have uh, crowds. What, if anything, are, are you expecting? I guess they they've all but said Gable Stevenson is going to, to be there. Um, some talk of maybe Bailey comes back. Uh, what are you guys expecting for Monday night? I'll be looking for Cody. Cody, I think, yeah, uh, he would be the main story maybe no matter what. He's probably a promo, right? His first promo was promo WWE guy, yeah. 
or if he or, you know, if he doesn't show up at Mania, which I don't think see that happening, that would be the place to bring him out. But, yeah, I mean, I think assuming he does wrestle Seth Rollins at Mania, I think that's one of your big draws on Raw the next night is the Cody Rhodes promo. In fact, if it were me, I would open the show with it. Yeah, yeah. And I would think whatever. Uh, whoever has it, I assume Roman's going to have it. Some clarity on what the, the world title situation is and what they right. do with um, because titles. Yeah, yeah. Because if you've got Roman winning and you know Roman's a SmackDown guy, that would be a big deal. Now you have him like the conquering, you know, guy like coming to the other side and surveying, you know, his his kingdom, you know, that kind of thing. It's instant heat. So, so uh, I'm assuming that'll be a big part of it too. The, the visual of Roman Reigns coming out on Raw with both title belts—that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. All right, guys, uh, lots of fun, Brian. I, I we got to connect about what we're doing, uh, but but maybe we could. Uh, I don't know if it'd be both Saturday night and Sunday night, but hopefully we could record something um, uh, reviewing uh, the show. And sure. uh, yeah, looking forward to it, uh, guys. Thank you so much, as always. Uh, Harry, happy anniversary once again. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's get you back on the show before long, and uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, well, either you want to uh, plug whatever, uh, Harry, anything you want to uh, promote? No, I, I'm promoting Star nothing. Wrestling Illustrated. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Brian, uh, your book's coming out. Uh, where can uh, folks uh, find out about it? Sure, so I'll plug my two things really quick. One is the Sheik biography, Blood and Fire, the unbelievable real-life story of wrestling's original Sheik. We're now within two weeks of the publication on April 12th. I'm hearing that some copies are already kind of trickling out, so it's a good idea to pre-order. You can go to Amazon if that's something you'd be interested in buying, and you can pre-order it there. Also, my own podcast, which it's okay if I mention, right? I've mentioned it before. <laughs> I, <think so. laughs> I just never know. You, you, you never know with the, if, <laughs> if the protocol changes. But Shut Up and Wrestle, I've been having a lot of fun with this podcast. It, it's an old school wrestling podcast. So it's very different from this from this podcast. It's not, you know, uh, it's, it's strictly talking about the old school stuff. And I've been having some great guests. I, I just had Bertrande Bear, who was one of the co-authors of the Andre the Giant biography, I had him as a guest and I've got Rob Van Dam who's going to be on the week that the book comes out. So um, you can find it everywhere. Spotify, Google podcast, Podbean, you know, wherever you get podcasts, it's called shut up and wrestle. And um, I hope people will tune in. Excellent. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Enjoy uh, the show. Uh, everybody listening. Uh, you enjoy too. Happy WrestleMania weekend. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. All right, have a good night.